Okay, it's 10.30, time to go, All Saints Day, full day. Uh, we're going to dive right into All Saints and particularly <clears throat> to reflect on the question of what saints have to teach us, how they help us in uh, the theme for this fall, which is the theme of what it means to be a disciple. So I thought we might begin um, with the opening prayer. And why don't we say this all together? It's on the sheet on your table. There should be enough. Um, and this is a colic for All Saints Day, um, which in my personal humble opinion is like one of the, like the best days in the church year with some of the best hymns and yeah. just a wonderful celebration. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's just my bias. So anyway, um, let, us, let us pray together. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Now I know this room is filled with people who are a lot smarter than I am. So what the heck does ineffable mean? What's ineffable? Yeah. Indelible? No, unknowable. Unknowable. Sounds good. What else? Any other thoughts on ineffable? Inexpressible. Inexpressible. So we're really talking about the mysteries of this whole idea of the saints. Um, any other words or phrase that strike you from this colic, this prayer? Um, if you were, who's at 915? Anybody at 915? So you heard our brilliant rector uh, speak about being knit together, which is a, a beautiful image for uh, what we're talking about this day in which we celebrate not only the saints around the world, the great communion of saints uh, celebrated in the Holy Catholic Church, Catholic with a small c, all around the world, but also this great communion of time that has uh, that we find ourselves in this stream of saints who are a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. I love one of my things. This is one of my favorite days, as I mentioned. One of the things I love about it is that it all so often coincides with the marathon. Now, I know that presents difficulties getting to church, but you think about the people who've chosen to run. Maybe that's all of us, although my running days are over. Um, but you think for every, you know, how many thousands of people are running? 50,000, that's all? 50,000, so for those 50,000, they each probably have a couple people who are standing on the sidelines cheering them on, saying, you've got this, right? And I think, I, I just envision that as uh, the great communion of time, the great communion of saints, this cloud of witnesses cheering us on, saying in your spiritual journey, you've got this. You can do this. We've done it before. It's not always easy, but you can, you can run. I mean, the language around saints so often is about running a race. It's just quite remarkable, actually. And St. Paul said, you know, when he was writing to Timothy, who was sort of his student, he said to Timothy, I have, I have, um, I have run the race. I have kept the faith which I just think is a beautiful vision for what we uh, as disciples are doing, running, running this race. Um, so we have that. I, got, I put the blurb there from holy women, holy men. Who knows what holy women, holy men is? Any takers? 
What is that? Saints, it's a book put out by the Episcopal Church. It's the saints that we've identified in the church. It's interesting because there's this book, Lesser Feasts and Fasts, which lists all the saints who have been approved. This is funny. People say, well, how, does, how do saints become saints in the Episcopal Church? Uh, guess what? It takes two general conventions. It takes people coming together and having arguments in committee about who is considered a saint in the Episcopal Church. Holy men and holy women is, is, is actually a broader group of people, some of whom are not Christian people, but just have, have a, a sense of, of, of knowing. Um, I love that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore this word ineffable, the mysteries of what it means to have life with God. And so the, um, that, that list. So these, that's a little blurb. We don't have to do that. I, I put a bunch of scriptures. I always like to, when we do these forums, in, in what I learned from Renew Works is that we embed scripture in everything we do, absolutely everything we do. Um, I just listed a bunch of scriptures. It's not the exhaustive list, um, but it's a list of, of places in the scripture where saints are mentioned. And I think I got some idea in my life at some point that saints were like a New Testament gig, that it was just only in the church, right, that we have saints. What this points out is from the beginning, we have something from Deuteronomy, one of the earliest uh, chronicling, one of the earliest parts of the history of Israel where they're talking about saints. Um, and so we um, we see that and and the saints are referred to uh, quite often in the Psalms. And then what's interesting, I think they're one, two, three, four different references to Paul's letter, Paul's letters to the various churches that he was starting as he roamed around the Mediterranean uh, coast and setting up these communities. And um, he would always, or, or in these letters at least, he would begin by addressing the saints. All of you are the saints. He wasn't talking about like the people who were like totally like the holiest people in the community. He was talking to everybody in those communities and saying, you are, you are the saints. So we have um, various understandings of what um, a saint is on the, on, the one, on the one hand, it's all of us. Like we sing in that song, um, I can be one too, um, which we'll, I think we'll get to sing again at 11, 10, 15, I hope so. Um, but then there's a sense in which all of us are saints. Um, Saint is a word that really means um, in the same sort of root of sanctifying, uh, someone who is set apart. Um, it's actually something in many ways that God does. Um, it's not a, a merit badge of somebody who's really swell. Uh, it's really about this thing that God does in and through us in the community. Um, so who gets to be a saint? Um, that's a, a question that, you know, we often get asked and, um, in the various, uh, um, expressions of the Christian faith, uh, presiding bishop talks about the different branches of the Jesus movement. There are different ideas of saints. So in Roman Catholic, for, so starting out the identification in the Roman Catholic church of saints didn't really start until the 10th century. Um, before that, it was sort of like, yeah, that's a person of a, that person's a saint, and we all kind of agree with that. And uh, they, I think the church thought that was a little unruly. So they, and I know you'll be shocked, they developed basically a bureaucratic process to figure out who can be a saint. And so it's just interesting because if a bishop 
thinks somebody, uh, this is sort of the Catholic tradition, if the bishop thinks somebody in their community is worthy of being sainted, they put together a group and they talk about it. It's not, not unlike a discernment committee to say, is this person really sort of saint material, right? And then um, that, that diocese or something will identify somebody first as being venerable. And then um, the person, um, for better or for worse, in, in this particular vision of the saint, um, the person has to go be with Jesus. The person has to die. And um, so that's the next step that happens in sainthood. And, and there has to be uh, one attested, uh, one miracle attested to by that, by that person. So that, um, that, le that leads to beatification. And then after a while, if there's a second miracle, again, after the person has deceased, then that can lead to sainthood. So it takes a while. And I don't know if you remember when John, uh, Pope John Paul died, um, everybody like went to the St. Peter's and said, Santo Subito, Santo Subito, saint right away, saint right away. They just said, let's scrap this whole process. Um, and understand that's that's been the Roman Catholic vision of of how you become a saint. It's a little more arduous. This is probably reflective of the difference between the Episcopal Church and the Roman Catholic Church. It's not as arduous in the Episcopal Church, um, but it's uh, to be named as a saint is uh, something that happens through the general convention to get in that book. Lesser feasts and fasts is is as something that the general convention of the Episcopal Church decides meeting every three years so that you have to do it in, you ha it has to be approved in two different um, general conventions. So that's, that's a process that involves um, some, some time. So started out saints um, were, and, and in the first century of the church, they began to identify people who were saints and, the, and it was mostly people who were martyrs who had lost their lives, and that's a big part of being sainthood. Like we celebrate the saints on the day of their demise, on the day of their death. Um, and so that we were, in the early church, it was people who were mostly martyrs. The word martyr really means witness. It's interesting. So when you, we talk about witnessing our faith, it, it, it's, it's, it's martyrdom and thinking about what we, what we give up. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, about praying to saints and praying with saints. Uh, in some Christian traditions, the idea is that you pray to the saint. Um, in probably the Anglican Episcopal thought of it, we pray with the saints in the confidence um, that uh, the spiritual journey continues after our life is over on earth. There's a beautiful prayer in the burial office that asks for the deceased May they go from strength to strength in service in God's perfect kingdom. And I love that because what it says is that death, God is not done with us, that we are going uh, on in continued service in God's perfect king kingdom, even after our time, time uh, ends. So that praying to our saints and with our saints uh, makes some sense to me that people are, you know, that they are with God and that we are uh, asking for them to intercede for us much the way in the book of Romans, it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us on our behalf. Um, I think in the Anglican church, saints are mostly regarded as kind of examples 
like this is like somebody who did something really like awesome spiritually. And so we want to be like them. So who might be a saint who's an example? Martin Luther King. And what was his, what, what about him? Um, well, his spiritual leadership and also his willing to put everything out there for that purpose. Right. Thank you. Other examples of... Does it have to be a Christian? Well, this is an interesting question. I think that the, in traditionally in the general convention of identifying, uh, um, <laughs> excuse me, identifying who the saints are in the Episcopal Church, yes, probably. But this this book, Holy Men and Holy Women, as I say, cont contains people like Gandhi, like oh, Gandhi, like Gandhi. You know, I mean, Gandhi knew God, right? Gandhi knew God, and uh, I he also was a great student of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and derived a lot of what drove him from careful reading of the Sermon on the Mount. So um, Gandhi, who was the victim of persecution in South Africa at the hand of, of, of Christians, said, I, <laughs> I like your Christ, but not your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ, um, which sort of sends, uh, you know, he also said, I would be a Christian if I'd never met one. Um, which um, is sort of chuckly, but also chilling, because I think it sort of makes us think about what kind of uh, witness um, we might be. Um, other ex any other example? Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Desmond Tutu. Desmond Tutu. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Again, many of these people, King, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, offered their lives as part of their ministry. Um, um, Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu offered their lives in different, in different ways. But any other saints that we got going? Uh, Cecil. Whether we got it going or not, but you haven't mentioned souls. Souls, all souls? Yeah. I mean, all souls day? Yeah. I yeah. don't see any reference to all souls day. Yeah, I, no, I don't have any reference to All Souls Day, but it's an awesome day, and it's the day that comes after All Saints Day, and it's the day that we remember particularly those we love but see no longer, the departed who may not be identified in some grand scheme as saints, but also are part of um, the great communion of time and are included in that way. So I want to try to let you have time to talk at table. I'm going to suggest that these two come join this table if you're willing. Would that be would that be possible? Would be willing to do that? So I put questions here. I want to want you to just go around the circle. Make sure you've all introduced yourself to each other, um, and then just go around with word associate. Make sure everybody gets to say your, something about what a saint is, and then pick any of these questions that you want to focus on. We'll go for about ten minutes or so, and then um, why do you think it's important? Why does the church focus on saints? Is that a helpful thing? Has that ever been a hindrance? Uh, is there a favorite saint that you have? Um, and can you name one who's contemporary? Um, is there anything we can do to be considered more saintly? And um, what does a day focused on the saints do to help us grow as disciples? I have no expectation that you'll answer all of these questions. You may want to answer none of them and talk about something else about saints, but uh, the floor is yours now for the next 10 minutes, and then we'll do a little uh, bit of checking in, if that sounds good. A plan? On your market set, go.
Okay, 10.55 or 9.55, 10.55, 12.55, who knows what time it is. Anyway, let's hear from each table. I heard this table talking about Dorothy Day. Were you talking about Dorothy Day? I read a quote by her. She said, don't call me a saint. You can't dismiss me that easily. <laughs> really? Which was her way of saying, you know, you call me a saint like I'm different from you. Like things I do, you should do too, right? I, I, you know, she was no nonsense. What, what else did you talk about? We also talked about Mother Teresa. Uh-huh. Um, What'd you have to say about her? Peter, the, the work that she did. Um, just the, her dedication, her life's dedication towards helping the poor. Right. Beautiful. So in that way, it's an example to us. Um, right. Um, I often hear people say, like, I can't be a Mother Teresa. And I think she once said, like, don't try to be me. Try to be, you know, the you that God created you to be. You know what? Uh, just work on just work on that. <laughs> That's a gracious funny. What's that? Be inspired by her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back table, what do you got to say to us? Uh, we decided that there were potentially two different kinds of saints. Uh-huh. The people who were prayerful, lived a holy life in the sense of following, sure. following the scripture, et cetera, et cetera. And then those who might not do that, but who went over and beyond yeah. what one might expect in order to help other people. Sure. We help other people. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. The saintliness comes in a lot of, and you know, um, I read a wonderful book about, a, uh, by a doctor who worked in Washington during the AIDS crisis. And, um, and the, the title of the book was not, not all of us are saints, which was to say he was doing this noble life-threatening work, but he said, I don't want to I don't want people to think like I'm like some holy roller, you know, it's just, it was interesting. Not all of us are saints. How about this table? Sorry? What was that? Oh, the mind is a terrible thing to lose. Uh, I read it a long time ago. Uh, I, as a doctor, I, you know, you could Google, not all of us are saints in the title. I forget who the doctor. Not no, no, but that's another saint. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Farmer. Do you all know Paul Farmer? What's the book about the mountains? Uh, mountains, beyond mountains. mountains Beyond Mountains. Yeah, just if. Yeah, yeah. How about this table? Um, we talked about the ways in which sometimes saints can be hindrances, like they divert you, they distract you from thinking about Jesus. It, it's like, um, I'm going to worship this saint, or I'm going to get this, I'm, I'm going to let the saint pray for me. It, it can be, a, it can be a, a distraction and a diversion. Or, others of us said that saints can also be signposts and can be inspirations um, and we can learn from them and grow from them. But it can be, but it's, it's, can it's go, not the bifurcated. It can go either way, it's right? It's complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. That's a we good. We also have a thing about the saints. Are, we often think about saints as being people who are long suffering. Long suffering. But that isn't every saint. Like you came up with two categories. We've said there are people who just do good works and aren't yeah. people. Right. And, and who are not long suffering. Right. Um, yeah. They didn't, you know, have to suffer yeah. and yeah. So saints can come from various. Worlds. And what I think, and we capture some of it in some of the hymns for the day, but there, are, you know, you think of all the saints that nobody ever noticed. You know, just I mean, I think our our hospitals are filled with people who are saintly in their work, in their vocation. 
schools are filled with people who are saintly in their vocation and will never uh, get a stained glass window uh, made for them. But, but that kind of thing of, of keeping sort of an eye out for where that saintliness uh, might, might emerge, people who uh, dedicate their life to prayer in, in the most quiet, unnoticed way is just an interesting um, thing. So uh, we're gonna have a couple baptisms upstairs in a moment, and I'm supposed to lead that service. So I'm gonna say a <laughs> prayer and go figure out in the next 10 minutes what I'm supposed to do, but let's say a prayer. These are, I'm actually sort of gonna offer a prayer, which are the prefaces in the Eucharist that speak about saints. Um, let us pray. Gracious God, in the multitude of your saints, you have surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses that we might rejoice in their fellowship and run with endurance the race set before us and together with them receive the crown of glory that never fades away. And we give thanks, O oh God, for the wonderful grace and virtue declared in all your saints who have been the chosen vessels of your grace and the lights of their world in their generations. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Catch you on the rebound. <laughs>